with the sword of Christian theology and the shield of apologetics while taking truth into the arena of ideas. You are listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast brought to you by BellatorChristie.com. Now join your hosts, Brian Chilton and Curtis Evelo, as we enter into the arena of ideas. Taking up the sword of Christian theology and the shield of classic apologetics while taking Christian truth into the arena of ideas, this is the Bellator Christie Podcast, and this is yours truly, Brian Chilton, uh, with another edition of the Bellator Christie Podcast. So, uh, Curtis Avalo, our, our uh, normal co-host, he had uh, some family issues uh, to tend to, uh, had a little bit of a scheduling conflict so uh, since it's been a couple weeks uh, out uh, from uh, the last time we had a podcast uh, going solo tonight and so certainly miss Curtis and his, uh, uh, we normally have a great time together so hopefully uh, it'll be where we can uh, come back together uh, to be on, a, on a next week's podcast. I uh, just want to leave you with a, with a few thoughts uh, tonight. But first, before we get into the main content of our podcast, uh, I wanted to I want to let you know, uh, give you some exciting news about the Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics. Uh, it is now available on another platform, and and I'm really excited about this platform. I'm excited about all of them, but this one in particular has a special place in my heart because uh, the Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics is now available on Logos Bible Software. And so it is available on every platform imaginable now. Uh, Logos was the only place uh, that I, that the book wasn't found that I know some people had been asking about. Uh, uh, several people, including myself, use Logos Bible Software. It's an incredible platform for Bible studies. Um, it has a ton of resources. Uh, I have the Gold Edition, and there are more resources available on it than, than I'll probably ever use. Uh, they've recently released a um, a nine platform nine version, which allows you to uh, look at uh, the materials in dark a dark format, so it doesn't hurt your eyes. In fact, I love the dark format. Um, it's it's very uh, you know I have bad eyes. It's very comfortable reading. Makes uh, makes uh, makes it very easy to read the text. And so uh, you know if if you're a, st- a serious student of God's word, uh, you need to really think about purchasing a uh, some form uh, of of Logos Bible software. So it's a great tool, and I am so excited that my work, uh, the Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics, is now found there. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, great, great thing, great, great, uh, great opportunity there for the book, and I'm glad it's uh, now associated on that platform. I uh, wanted to spend, and this probably not isn't going to be a uh, long podcast, <laughs> although I have a bad reputation of saying that, and it ends up going far longer than I expected. But what I have to say uh, to, on today's podcast is, is really very simple. Um, I was actually going to, going to do a podcast on uh, the, the, the necessity of, of, of a cosmic mind found in uh, the Kalam cosmological argument. There's an ontological aspect of that argument which necessitates that there is a cosmic mind, and that cosmic mind would be God. 
But here we find ourselves on the evening after election day. I was speaking with a person just today, and we were talking about the election, and and the lady said, "I'm I'm so glad the election is over." <laughs> I said, "Well, it's not over yet, you know. Uh, normally, you know, you you have an election day, and the election is known uh, the day, the, the night after the election, or you know, at least you know early morning then by the next day. But this one is going on." And um, no matter, this is down the line so much between the two candidates that uh, it's razor thin, and it could really go either way. And at this at this juncture, we are uh, we really don't know who the next president will be. But regardless who wins, there will be those on one side who will claim that uh, the the president on the other side is is a horrible leader and and will lead the nation to horrible things okay well here's here's the problem as i look across our nation and as i look across our communities i see people even christian people of faith who have become obsessed over politics and i understand the arguments I understand the arguments that we need to defend the the rights of our nation, otherwise we won't have rights. I get that. But here's the problem. What I'm seeing is not just merely fighting for rights. What I'm seeing is an obsession. I'm, I'm seeing people who are so obsessed over certain candidates or certain political platforms that there's no mention of God. And this is even happening in some apologetic organizations. And again, I realize that as good citizens, we need to take interest in our nation. And we need to be good citizens. And I am with, like Norman Geisler used to say, that, that we need Christian leaders in every aspect of, of communities. We need, we need Christians to run for uh, all kinds of offices. And yes, if that's your calling, do it. I am not by any means trying to say that we should not sully ourselves with with any political issue. But what I'm finding, and this is one of the reasons why I have decided a while back to stay away from politics and stay focused on the Word of God, because what I am finding is that people are either obsessed over politics or they are worried to death about what may come if the other candidate gets elected. I wrote a piece for the Bellator Christie, uh, for bellatorchristie.com recently. And I wanted to go through some of these truths because I realized there may be some people who are listening to the podcast who may not be readers. Um, maybe they don't have time to read, read the article. It's not that long. But I wanted to go through some truths that I, that I posted on this article. And I want to elaborate some on some of those points. I wrote an article entitled "Placing the or Elections or Putting the Elections in Its Proper Perspective," and I think that's what we as believers need to do. We need to realize who is in charge. And here's a hint: it's not you, it's not me, it's not even the government of the United States of America. The sovereign ruler of the universe is God. This cosmic mind, this 
creator of all that exists. You know, I love going out at the night on the, in a, you know at nighttime looking up. In fact, my wife recently for my birthday purchased me these high-powered binoculars where you can I now can look in and I even recently uh, was able to see the Andromeda galaxy with better clarity than I have before. Not perfect clarity, but better. It said that with these binoculars you can even see planets that you cannot see with the naked eye. I'm amazed at the grandeur of this universe. I'm amazed at how immense this universe in which we live truly is. And it's amazing even still to consider the fact that this God whom we serve is the one who created it all. This God is far grander than this universe. This God transcends time itself. So why is it that for a silly little election we think God has lost control? No matter who wins the election, God knew it was going to happen before it happened. And God is fully in control of our history, leading us to a a particular end. So I want to leave you three points that I shared on this article in this podcast with you and go through and walk through it a little bit more. First of all, one of the things we need to remember is that political pundits normally blow things out of proportion. (laughs) They do. And there's a reason for it. You know, a lot of times the people, if they're selling you something, if if, if a salesman is selling you something, or saleswoman, if a salesperson is trying to, to get you, convince you that you need this particular thing, they are going to blow the problem out of proportion. Making you think that you absolutely need the product to save you from whatever horrible thing that's proposed will happen. The same thing happens in politics, even in a grander scale. Pundits want you to think that the opposing candidate will destroy life as we know it. But as a student of history, I've been tracing the pomp and circumstance surrounding previous elections. Political pundits from both parties have claimed that the opposing candidate would bring an end to the nation. For instance, Democrats, some Democrats, when he when Trump was elected, said that in 2016 that he was the second coming of Hitler, and they compared him to some of the things that happened pre-Nazi Germany. However, on the other hand, Republicans claimed that Obama was a socialist Marxist who was going to destroy life as we know it in this nation. They said it... He would end the republic in both 2012 as well as 2008 when he was first elected. But here we are in 2020. We're not under a Nazi German regime. And we're not a socialist Marxist nation. Now, are there trends out there that uh, that are concerning by some who pick up the socialist mantra? Of course. That's why podcasts like Bellator Christie exist to show forth the Amer- the uh, not the American but the Christian worldview a- opposing ideologies as found in Friedrich Nietzsche and Karl Marx and other other proponents of socialism and and uh, ideologies that are that are anti-Christian and while I say 
that the Marxism is anti-Christian because he tried to uh, get rid of of religion. Okay, uh, that's not to say that every form of socialism does that, and I'm not a socialist by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just simply saying that there are those who would blow this out of proportion, who would say that it would be the end of all that we know. While there are dangers, while there are problems, we need to understand that the proponents, that the, that the candidates we're supporting is not as good as we think, <laughs> and the opponents we don't vote for isn't, they're not as evil as we think. To put this in a further perspective, I listened to a podcast or actually a radio program that was talking all about how these disturbances in the Middle East would bring the end of the world before the year was out. People would call in talking about these things and were, were convinced that, that this would be the end of the world as they knew it. That life would not exist beyond that year. But do you know when that radio broadcast was recorded? It's back in 1998. And here we are, <laughs> over 20 years later, and we're still here. Now that's not to say that there's not going to come a day when God brings everything to an end. I do believe in the second coming of Christ, and I do believe that the world is coming to a climax where, where there is going to be a, an ultimate battle between good and evil. But I'm also reminded of, of another passage of Scripture where Jesus says in Matthew 6.34, not to worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Listen, God already knows who's going to win this election. And God knows the ends that are going to come to be. The question is, do we really trust God's sovereignty? And this brings us to the second point. God is sovereign. That means He is in control. Yes, we as citizens have the responsibility to vote our conscience. Yes, we have the responsibilities given our free will to be good citizens. However, God is still sovereignly operating concurrently with human actions. That is, God will bring about the results that He intends. There's this interesting balance between human freedom and divine sovereignty. For instance, I like the way the New Living Translation translates Proverbs 6.33, which states, We may throw the dice but the Lord determines how they fall. Now remember that if you were to go to a casino and those dice didn't fall the way you wanted them to. Maybe it wasn't God's will that they did. Furthermore, he writes in Proverbs 20, verse 24, Solomon does that the Lord directs our steps, so why try to understand everything along the way? Now, he's not saying here that we shouldn't explore new aspects of the universe and ask questions of God because God is big enough for your questions, most certainly. Rather, Solomon holds that God ultimately controls the hidden aspects of life. Some things will not be understood until the day that we reach eternity. This brings us up to another important point. Job 12.21 says that it's God who makes nations great, then destroys them. He enlarges nations and leads them away. So whether your candidate 
wins or loses in this election or in future ones, realize that ultimately God is still sovereign and he is, in, he is the one who's in control of history. Now, let me step away from this article and just say something else here. I believe that the obsession we see in politics shows the great... I don't know if depravity is the right word, but shows the great problem we have as American Christians. We have become so individualized that we have forgotten who it is we need to trust. You see, this is, this is a page from biblical history. Because back uh, in, in biblical times, the Israelites thought that Egypt held the solution to their problems. But Egypt was not going to be able to help them. In fact, I think Egypt at this particular time turned on them as warned by the prophets. But this also reminds me of Psalm 20. Psalm 20. This is a psalm uh, written by David for the choir director. It talks about deliverance in battle. And he starts off by saying, May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of Jacob's God protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and sustain you from Zion. Now David realized that the true help didn't come from their military might. It didn't come from their political endeavors. But rather, the true help that would deliver them in times of battle came from the holy mountain of God. Because God was the one who was able to, to offer help. May he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt offering. May he remember that the covenant between you and him. And may he give you what your heart desires and fulfill your whole purpose, he goes on to say. Let us shout for joy at your victory and lift the banner in the name of our God. May the Lord fulfill all your requests. So it says here, the people pray for their king's success in battle. They know that without the Lord's help, the king will fail miserably. Do we understand the same? That a true help is not found in political platforms. It's not found in vision statements. It's not found in mission statements. Our true help is found in the Lord. He says, Now I know that the Lord gives victory to His anointed. He will answer Him from His holy heaven with mighty victories from His right hand. Victory comes from the Lord. But notice this, he says this as well. In verse 7, and really listen to this. Some take pride in chariots. What were the chariots? These were, were battle chariots made of different types of metals, bronze, that were often seen as impenetrable. Some take pride in chariots and others take pride in horses. Are these galloping, majestic animals that could speedily escort soldiers into battle and, and speedily help assure victory. Some take pride in chariots and some take pride in horses. These human armaments. But we take pride in the name of the Lord our God. He says, they collapse and fall, but we rise and stand firm. Lord, give victory to the king. May he answer us on the day that we call. 
There's a note here that says human armaments were of no value if the Lord was not fighting because he and his armies were more numerous and more powerful than any human army. He had no concern or need for human weapons because if God was, wasn't fighting for them, God was fighting against them. He realized, David, King David realized that victory is found in the name of the Lord our God. But do we realize that same fact? Do we realize that God is sovereign? And do we realize sometimes that God's will might not be our will? I was talking with a lady this afternoon, and, and we were talking about you know how, how Paul, before he became a Christian, he, he, uh, he, he persecuted the church, and he even um, uh, basically drove Christians away from their homes. But you know, in the grand scheme of things, that was a good thing for the church because the gospel message was spread abroad. We don't know the hidden will of God, necessarily. But we have to trust in His goodness and know that, quite frankly, He's been steering the course of history since its inception. Do we trust Do we trust in His control and direction even now? Lastly, the kingdom of God trumps all others. Now, I want to say, and I want to make this very clear, I am as patriotic as they come. I love our nation. The United States of America. I have several family members who fought in the armed forces. I have uh, friends who fought in Desert Storm. I have family who fought in um, Vietnam. I have family who fought uh, in World War II. In fact, my grandpa was in one of the largest naval battles in World War II. So I am as patriotic as they come. I love our nation. Our nation has been a bastion of freedom for several years. And it's through our great land that many missionaries have been sent to spread the gospel to many parts of the world. But understand this. The book of Revelation does not say that the United States of America is going to reign supreme at the end of time. In fact... Now, there may be some of you out there who, who have seen otherwise, but from my studies, I don't see any reference to our nation in the book of Revelation. There aren't any symbols that make me think that God is addressing the United States of America. The reality is, is as great of a nation as we have, one day every nation is going to be subdued under a greater nation, and that nation is the kingdom of God. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 7, it's shown that Christ will appear with the clouds of glory. This is taking a page right out of Daniel chapter 7, verses, I believe it's 13 and 14, if memory serves. That Christ will appear with the clouds of glory, and every eye will see him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn after him, you see, the kingdom of God will reign supreme. The king of that nation is not affiliated with an elephant or a donkey, but rather he is the Lamb of God. So what do you need to take from this, my friend? 
I would just tell you this. Take a deep breath and rest easy. Because no matter what may come, God knew it was going to happen far, <laughs> far longer than you ever did. You see, God is the one who is still in control. God has you in the palm of his nail-scarred hand. The reality is, is that God has this in every future election in his mighty control. So yes, go vote. But leave the results to God. If whether or not we are stressed out or burdened or, 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 or weep and mourn, shows the level of trust we really have in a sovereign God. Yes, there are concerns out there, and I get that. But the reality is, as I look up, as I look up at the night sky, as I read the text of God's holy word, and as I, as I read the, this text of, uh, of nature, as, as it's often been called, I realize that this God we serve is far greater and grander than any of us could ever think or imagine. So friend, tonight or tomorrow, whenever this election is resolved, I understand there'll be other elections that'll come and, and political pundits and, and, and the talking heads of, of the media will tell you that it is that this election is, is, the, is the biggest election of them all. They said the same thing in 2016. They said the same thing in uh, 2008. They said the same thing in nearly every election, that this election is, is the most important election of our times. Understand that they're trying to sell you on a bill of goods. That's not necessarily so. Yes, these elections are important. But the true ruler isn't a president, nor a prime minister, or a king. The true ruler is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And at the name of Jesus, one day, every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So, beloved, trust Him. Now, let me pray over you this evening. Dear kind and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for um, the people who may be listening. There may be some listening from, from the United States of America, or there may be people listening from other lands. Lord, it may be that those who are listening to us from other lands, maybe they've had elections just like this one. Maybe they've had things where, where there are political issues where it's been propagated to be the biggest thing since sliced bread. Help us, Lord, not to become so obsessed with politics that we place our trust in a chariot or a horse when our trust should truly be found in you. Lord, there may be some people listening to this podcast tonight or tomorrow in the morning or whenever they listen to it. Maybe they're burdened by a lot of issues going on in their lives and maybe they're not, not even resting well because of that. I pray, Lord, that you would help us all, especially believers, to know where the true power is found. 
Help us not to place our faith and trust in chariots and horses and political platforms, but help us once again to place our focus and our trust upon you and your holy name. We ask your blessings to be upon each and every one. We ask all of this in the precious and powerful name of King Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen, amen. You've been listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast. This is Brian Chilton. We thank you for listening. May God richly bless you, and we'll see you back next time. been listening to the Bellator Christie podcast brought to you by bellatorchristie.com. The opinions of our guests represent their own and may not reflect those of Bellator Christie Ministries or its affiliates. The Bellator Christie podcast and bellatorchristie.com are protected under Creative Commons copyright, all rights reserved. The opening theme is the song Crucified, written by John and Michaela Limanis, performed by Crosby Lane and produced by Mansion Entertainment. Be sure to visit our YouTube page at www.youtube.com forward slash Christie. Also, please consider leaving a positive review on the apps where this podcast is found. We thank you for joining us today and hope to see you back the next time that we step into the arena of ideas. Have you ever wondered about the Christian faith, but have become bogged down by difficult terminology? Are you a Christian and faced doubts and you didn't know where to turn? Maybe your faith has been challenged and you don't know how to respond. Or perhaps you desire to learn more about how to winsomely defend your faith, but you do not have the time nor the finances to enroll in seminary. If any of these situations describes you, then consider purchasing a copy of the Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics. This book confronts the challenges facing the Christian faith, but does so in a way that is accessible to everyone. The Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics is available in softcover, hardcover, on the Kindle, and Nook. Consider purchasing a copy of the Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics from your favorite bookstore today. Do you have a question about the Bible, theology, or apologetics that you've always wanted to ask but never felt comfortable asking? If so, we want to encourage you to head over to bellatorchristie.com and submit your question on the Submit a Question link. Your question will be reviewed and may be featured on a future article or podcast. Remember, the only dumb question is the one unasked. So go over to bellatorchristie.com now and submit your question. Some say the best Bible translation is the one that's most literal, word for word, through and through. But there's not always a direct English translation of ancient words. So others say the best Bible translation should favor readability, thought for thought, holding on to the same meaning. But we can all agree that the very best Bible translation is one you trust. 
and one that you want to read. One that stirs your heart and moves you to share its truth. The Christian Standard Bible has been shown to be an optimal blend of accuracy and readability compared to other leading translations. The very best balance, faithfulness to the original text, and clear language that connects to the heart. After all, it's not so much about changing your Bible translation, but about seeing the Bible change your life. Point your heart to true north. The Christian Standard Bible. The Christian Standard Bible is the official translation of BellatorChristi.com. Go pick up your translation of the CSB today.